Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Steve Sweeney. Steve has been a counseling professional for 39 years. He has a background in mental health, chemical dependency, and employee assistance, amongst other things. And after years as a direct care service provider, he now runs his own private practice. Much of his work involves working with clients to help them break free from traumas of their circumstances and learn how to monetize it as a tool for positive transformation. So you know that saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger? My next guest's betrayal almost killed him and also made him so much stronger he's a completely new person. Get ready to see how you can go from being so angry and bitter to being so at peace and filled with love. You're going to love this conversation. Here we go. Okay, everybody, we have Stephen Sweeney here today, and he is so special for so many reasons. But I told him before we record, I said, you know, I'm going to tell you something that made me laugh so hard, but I want to say it during this recording because I wanted to get his response too. Stephen was a, a PBT, a certified PBT practitioner within the PBT Institute. Everyone loved him. He was wonderful. And then he was traveling and all this kind of stuff and left the community. And then when we met up again recently, and I absolutely wanted him on the show, we had emailed, but he wrote in the notes that my whole team reads about the podcast. And he said, Dr. Debbie is my mom. (laughs) (laughs) So I felt I needed to explain to my team. And can you share what you meant by that? Well, what I meant by that, Debbie, is, okay, so I have an aunt. Her name is Gloria, and that's my mom's sister. Gloria is kind of like the leader of the family just because of who she is and the way she operates and, you know, and everything. And so I call her my administrative mom, even though and she doesn't have any children or anything like that. But I call her, I refer to her as my administrative mom. Because she is that the other side of a mother that's needed in most people's lives. And so you are that mom to me when it comes to uh, PBT and everything that, that I was dealing with and going through. You showed up in my life at a time that nobody knew what the frick I was dealing with and what was going on. And I had become so frustrated, and then I found my mom. And you had it, and you nailed it right away. And so that's how this whole thing got started. You are such a special human being. So we're going to be talking about everybody today. Buckle up. We are talking about the best way to recover from a soul wound. And I am speaking with Stephen here, who has been through many of them. Let's get started with just, let's talk about what is a soul wound. Let's start there. A soul wound. Wow. Okay. So if you've ever been in like an accident or you've gotten injured and you there was a laceration or there was something that, that went on that was, you could physically see it. Well, that is kind of like a physical wound. And of course, you go through that whole process of the healing and the and it develops a scab and then all that clotting stuff that goes on, all the stuff that happens physically. But when you're dealing with a soul wound, it may not show up physically, but there are other layers of our being, the spiritual layer, the emotional 
level. I mean, you've got all these different levels, these different layers that can be injured. And that very deepest level is the soul. Yeah. And, and many times when it comes to recovering from a soul wound, you're talking about a deep, it's a very deep wound that is much more, there's much more to it than what we can see physically and what we show. And people like me, and I talk about this a lot because I have characteristics that make it very difficult for a person like me to recover. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about that. So it, to the extent you're comfortable sharing, what soul wounds have you been healing from? And then why would it be more difficult for someone like you? Well, for number one, my ex betrayed me. But when and when she did it, there were other situations that they were mitigating circumstances, is what I call them. And so there was there were things like, you know, I was he had me around the guy that she well, for number one, it was with a pastor. And she had me around him, and this guy was involved in baby showers, and there are just so many other things. Now, the problem with that I had with that type of stuff is disrespect, and because of, of the characteristics that I have, like pride, arrogance, and just being an alpha male, you know, it just, there are times that we as men, we can become very accustomed to winning. We become sometimes very territorial and we really despise, we hate when we are disrespected or when our territory is invaded upon that time. And I, I know it's, that happens a lot with guys, mm -hmm. but there are some of us who are just a little bit, we're a little bit deeper, <laughs> a little bit deeper entrenched in that crap. Well, and, and, and I just want to stop you there because it's true. Even the environments that you work in are very alpha male. And I remember that with you where that's the environment. I mean, that's what's been taught where it's yeah. protect your own and hurt the person yeah. who's trying to take something from you. And it's a very sort of alpha way. And don't dis you do not disrespect. Oh, dis disrespect is one of the is one of the worst. It's about so I grew up as a musician. So I had a, I got a double dose. I got a double dose of everything. And then that's not always good. I mean, so anyway, when I talk about having, being predisposed to a lot of the issues that, that many people have and many men have, wow, man, I got it. I got hit with it. And of course, alcohol and drugs and all that kind of stuff. It's just, it is just, it, it gets to be very difficult and it became difficult to find someone who could relate to me in that way. Yeah. So take yeah. us through, because I remember you were frustrated. I mean, you were hurt. You were blindsided. You were really in a rough space. And I want to get to, here's this deep soul wound. Take us through your healing, because you are such a loving human being. And to be so disrespected and so hurt and so angry and to turn into this version of who you are now, that's the, you know, there had to be that dark night of the soul and that it's got to be better than this and the great awakening. So take us through that journey. Okay, here we go. Now, this is the big part right here now. So I had to be, I basically had to be assassinated. And what I mean by that is this. So I found out about my the betrayal. My discovery day took place in 2003. So between 2003 
in 2019, I was, man, I went through it. Now, my ex and I finally divorced in 2015. So between 2003 and 2015, I mean, wow, it was, it, that was a rough, that was, that was rough. And so what ended up happening, and I learned about this when I started hanging out with you, mom, <laughs> I learned about this because in 2019, my physical health, my mental health, my spiritual health, everything, the anger and the resentment and the bitterness and all of that stuff, it metastasized and it actually started to show up physically. I gained a lot of weight. I was up to like almost 298 pounds and I was not taking my blood pressure medication. I was not taking my diabetes medication. I was so frustrated and so angry with my ex. Now, remember, we had been divorced. I went to Thailand in 2018, but we had been divorced since 2015. So you would think, okay, it's over. <laughs> you developed, you got divorced and bing, bang, boom. No. It's like that saying, you drink poison and expect the other person to die. Exactly, exactly. That's the way it goes. And so, so I ended up, so in 2018, I felt like, and just because I do what I do, I knew that, listen, man, this is getting out of control and this is getting out of hand because my behavior had become unpredictable to me. Now, when I say it becomes unpredictable, what I really mean is that it is very predictable. Okay. So I said, listen, I got to get out of here. So I moved to the other side of the world. I went to Thailand for a year and a half. And I thought that going over there, that geographical escape, I thought that it was going to take care of it. It got worse. And so I started feeling I was not taking care of myself. I was non-compliant with medication. I just basically didn't care. And honestly, Debbie, I think it was a kind of like a passive attempt at suicide. Mm -hmm. I just didn't care at that point. So anyway, while I was there in 2019, in, in May, well, it was April of 2019, I had a stroke and I was unconscious. I was in coma for 20 hours and I still have a hand. I still have a hand that is, that is still my right hand partially paralyzed. And remember, I was a musician. I was raised a musician. So now here, so anyway, so I was out for 20 hours in a coma in Uban Ratchatani, Thailand. <laughs> and it wasn't until I came out of that while I was in the hospital and I woke up and I didn't. And maybe a couple of days later, I was like, hey, I feel I don't feel like I'm uh, mad anymore. I don't feel angry anymore. I don't. It's all, everything was like it lifted. Yeah. yeah, it lifted. And it was like really weird. And, and so, I, of course, after I'm a, I'm a spiritual guy. So I was like, Lord, what have you done? And I, and I just I was like, you know what? You had to take me out, didn't you? You had to put me under in order to deal with my really black heart. And, and that's kind of and that's kind of what happened. That was in April of 2019. And so at that point, I feel like, you know what? I feel like I return home now. I can come back to the States. So I came back here in, in July of uh, 2019. And then two months later, because I was staying with my mom, because when I left to go to Thailand, I sold all my stuff. I didn't have anything. I didn't have anything left. I had my business that I had put online. That was really smart. 
But when I got back, I didn't have I didn't have anything. So I stayed at my mom's. And it's like you were being so protected. It was a slow death you were choosing, right? Yes. Through yes. the anger yeah. and the bitterness and then all the physical signs that show up. Yeah. These are all symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome, oh. by the way, everybody. And you know that. But these are the symptoms that are showing up. And if we stay on that path, the only guarantee is that it gets worse. So it yeah. was like you just took yourself out, you oh, know. Yeah. So that it could be, it's almost like so you could have that clean start because you weren't making that connection or or making that move on your own. So you came back. Now, here you are. It's that bitterness, the anger. It's sort of gone. And then what happened? It was gone. And I could even, I got to tell you this, because this is where you also come in. I didn't even know you at the time. Okay. So I was recovering from stroke number one. Okay. Because I had stroke number two in September of 2019. Okay. But anyway, after stroke one, after stroke number one, I was recovering. My girlfriend at that time, I was still in Thailand because they were taking care of me between April, let's see, April, May, June, and then July. So there were like three or four months in between there. And so as I was recovering, as I was recovering, I had lost the use of my right hand and everything. So one day we were going out maybe a, a couple months. After uh, my stroke, I was getting back into walking, and and as we were driving to the place where we go, we were gonna walk, I was telling uh, Wasana, that was my girlfriend, I was telling her how I felt amazing, and it was so great, and blah 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 blah, and I was going through all this stuff, and it was great, and and then she started saying to me, she started saying, Steve, I told you, you should blah blah blah, and she was going, and I said, yeah, yeah you told me, and and blah blah boom boom boom, and she just kept going on and on. And I was like, yes, I heard you, I heard you, I heard you. And as I was saying that, as I was saying those words to her, yes, I heard you. The Holy Spirit said to me, now you see what that feels like. And he was talking to me because for years I had, I would, whenever my ex-wife and I got into an argument about whatever it was, the betrayal would come up. Mm-hmm. The betrayal would come up, and I just hung that over her head. And you know what? I own that because I because it's true. Mm-hmm. And, and I know a lot of people don't. But one thing about me is, man, I'll tell you the truth. <laughs> you know, and so if, if I screw up, I'm so accustomed to screwing up. It's no big deal <laughs> to, to me. I become, I'm just used to. Well, that's how we heal. We take responsibility, learn from it, and move on. So then when she said that to you, you had that lightning bolt moment right there. Yeah, that was it right there. That's when the light, that's when the, that's when the light bulb came on and it's like, boom. Now you see there, that's what you were doing all this time. And I said, wow, you know what? That was very helpful. And because when God has the opportunity to to talk to me in such a, like, that means he's still telling me, you my boy. I can only talk to you like that, Steve, because you're my number one guy. <laughs> so what did that lead to? What did that change for you? This is what it changed. It just made me a better, I felt, because I was taking responsibility for going through what I went through and just being angry and being the victim and being this and being all that kind of stuff. And so once I was able to take a look at the role that I played in all of that, I was able to just kind of like let it go. Yeah. And that made, and actually that's what made it really, that's when I knew I could come home. That's when I knew I could come back to the States 
And so that's that's what opened the door for me to get back here. Had I not gone through that, had I not gone through all of those changes and gone through all those cycles and all that stuff that you have just brilliantly laid out for the rest of us to see in this world, had I not gone through that, Debbie, I would have never been ready for the marriage and the relationship that I have now. I just would not have been, would not have worked. Yeah, I love that you're saying that because, and I say it all the time, people are so afraid of the crash and burn, of the death and destruction of the old, but that is the only way you birth the new. This is a new you, but it only came from the death of the old. Yeah, exactly. exactly. There's no other way to it. You nailed it. You nailed it. And that's what happened. And that's how I got here. And so that's how I ended up getting this amazing life that that I have now, an amazing wife and an amazing relationship that I have now. And it's like, wow, man, this is, wow. (laughs) (laughs) And it's based on who you've become. Absolutely. Let's talk about that saying, only a lion understands a lion. What do you mean by that? Okay, wow. Now, this was, again, this is where I learned this. I actually learned this from you. And that is, okay, so when I found you, when I found the amazing Dr. Debbie Silver, I was actually involved in another, I was involved in a program and we had to be a part of this like Facebook group that we talked about what our next step was going to be and what we wanted to do, blah, blah, blah. And so I was, and I, so I wanted to create a program where I work with men who had gone through what I had gone through. Mm-hmm. A lady says to me on, on that, on the, in that Facebook group, she said, Steve, have you ever heard of a lady by the name of Dr. Debbie Silver? You should check out her work. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I said, okay. And sure enough, I went and I found you. And everything that you were talking about, it was like you heard this is your girl and everything, but still, all of the, all of the, everything that you were saying, it resonated with me. Okay, so anyway, only a lion understands a lion. That comes from the frustration that I felt when I was going through what I was going through with my ex-wife. Nobody could really relate what I was talking about, man. They could not. And so I would go through these things. I tried to explain to them what it was like and what was what it felt like. And the only, the best explanation, the only way I could really explain it to this, to the woman who was seeing us was, I said, you know what? It's like somebody came into my house. Another man came into my house and he peed on me. That's a guy thing. And that's what animals, you know, that's the well, that's very quite disrespectful. <laughs> but anyway, but I could not, I couldn't think of, could not explain it to her in a way that she could understand. And so I would end up leaving the sessions feeling very frustrated because I I felt like nobody, she didn't, nobody, you know, nobody gets it, man. And, and that's the thing. And that's why within the PBT Institute, we have a unique community because if you have not experienced betrayal, you may have the best of intentions, but you just don't get it. You don't yeah. understand. And it's so hard because this is a, it's such a unique type of pain that you really need to understand it in order to help someone through it for sure. And now 
I know your 19 year old son is working with this idea as well. Tell me about that. Okay. Okay. So my 19 year old son, Dallas, when Dallas was born, I found out about the affair. He was less than a month old. So the entire time, the entire, his entire life, he has, he lived with that, but he didn't know. He didn't. He, it was. It's only been like maybe two years ago that my ex-wife told him what had happened. When she told him what had happened, he said he told me because he wanted to come and talk to me about it. He, the kid had a piece of paper in his pocket. He says, "I've been carrying this around with me." You know, he had questions on it. Anyway, like Dallas had a list of questions, and he pulled it out. He pulled out his pocket this paper that had all been all crumpled up and. and folded up and, and he so I knew he had to deal with he's really had that in his pocket for a long time. Anyway, he had all these questions that he wanted to ask me about. Like, number one, why did you stay? Why did you stay with her? Why did you and he just he we had a conversation that day and we spoke to each other and he we, it just came up. Everything that he wanted to ask me about just came up organically just during the conversation. Yeah. And so when he pulled out his paper to ask me to make sure he hadn't forgotten any of the questions, he was like, oh, okay, okay, yeah, boom, boom. Everything he wanted to ask me about, he was able to do it. But the thing that was really interesting uh, with that is that the poor kid, he has never, I don't think he's ever, and, and I have not, experienced the relationship between a father and a son because every time I looked at him, I thought about the affair. I thought about the betrayal and he had nothing to do with that. But I I think that his entire life, he kind of felt like, "What, what did I do? What did I do? Yeah. And it's such an important moment of trust and trust building because here he, he prepared his questions and he wanted to just get those honest and real answers from his dad. And it's not that you're throwing your ex under the bus, but he just needed to know the truth. And Steve, I can't end this without talking about this is talk about, because everybody is hearing what a heart-centered, beautiful human being you are. And this is someone who has gone through tremendous loss, everyone. And the reason why I reached out to you was when I heard about Stevie. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So Stevie, she, well, she was 23 at the time, but now she would have been 25. So Stevie ended up dying from suicide. So and she used fentanyl. That's what she used. And she, Stevie struggled. I think Stevie was, see, Stevie was like for five years, since she was five years old. She saw her mom and I, we just did, we just had a totally dysfunctional our relationship before our kids and everything. I mean, there's no physical fighting or anything like that, but constant bickering, constant going back and forth. And so, and I think the kids, they could kind of tell when, you know, because we there were these seasonal issues every year about that same time, it would be, it, yeah. we, we had some very difficult. Yeah, you're honoring uh, her in such a beautiful way. I want to make sure everybody knows. What do you, yeah, yeah tell us about that. Okay, so anyway, so we, so Stevie Sweeney dot com, Stevie Sweeney dot com, Stevie, just like S T E B E, S T E B I E, like Stevie Sweeney dot com is the website that I created 
for her because I feel like, and I'm, I'm sure that, you know, many parents feel this way, but it's like you take responsibility for what you lived in front of her and what she was brought up in. She was, she, I mean, she, listen, on the outside, everything looked great with us, but she knew that on the inside, and inside our home, it was not good. And not so much that there was no physical fight or anything like that, but it was just the chronic tension yeah. that went on and the chaos and the confusion that went on in the home. That, I, To me, that affects a kid and that affects their relationships moving forward because they grow up not trusting. Like Dallas, my son, he doesn't, he says, I don't want to get married. Well, I guess that's, that was his interpretation from what he learned. Steve, what yeah. do you want to make sure everyone knows as we wrap up? Okay. What I want to make sure that everyone knows is that it's not easy. And this stuff is not easy. It's not easy to go through it when you're going through it. But if you would take that cognitive behavioral approach and just change your, if we can change your beliefs about a situation, that will change your feelings about it. When I say change your beliefs about it, if we can help people like only a lion understands a lion, if you can get to the point where you see that there is a purpose behind the pain that you are dealing with and what behind the pain that you have endured, it kind of helps it a little bit. It makes things a little bit easier to swallow. Turning it, pain it, it into really purpose. Does. That's exactly yeah, the purpose what to know you've done. What to support. Yeah, that's exactly what you've done. And, you know, I, I talk about how betrayal is one of the most painful of the human experiences. And I only say what's worse, and I don't have experience with this, many people, many members in the community, many clients in the past, the only thing I imagine uh, that's worse is the death of a child. So that you've been through both of those. And by all rights, you could be this bitter and angry and resentful and miserable person. But here you are spreading love and spreading positivity and, you know, and just good feelings and teaching and hope. It's just, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful to watch. Steve, where do we go to learn more about you and the great work you do? You can go to hope to heal .org, and that's where you'll find out about the nonprofit that I have uh, created. And I use, and actually, I use entrepreneurship and the things that you learn during entrepreneurship to help people get through so many different things in life. And you'll find out about everything that I'm doing there through my nonprofit, hopetoheal.org. But while you're also there, you'll also find out about the work that I want to do with uh, the fentanyl crisis. You'll find out about Stevie uh, there. And also, so it's breaking right here on the Dr. Debbie Silver <laughs> Show. Okay, so I, I just became certified with MRT as a domestic violence provider. And I did that. Listen, wow, I, we got to do another show because I didn't even tell you about any of this stuff. We, we can do another show about it because you have so <laughs> much greatness to share. And that's it. You're just, you're using all of your wisdom and all of your experience to help people in so many important ways. So everybody, let's stop here and I will bring you back. Everybody pay attention to what 
Steve is saying this is a man who's been there and back more than once and has lived to tell and has made such a beautiful contribution because of it to to his community, to the PBT community, to humanity. As your mom, (laughs) great job, son. (laughs) All right, everybody. Steve, you have given our audience so much insight and so much wisdom. I want to thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Debbie. I appreciate it. Well, that's another amazing example of trauma being used as the fuel for transformation. Steve, by all rights, has every reason to be so angry, bitter, and resentful after experiencing, in my opinion, two out of the most painful experiences we can have, betrayal and losing a child. And here he is, helping others because of what he's learned from what he went through. Stay in touch with Steve by going to hope to number 2 hope2heal.org, and we'll have all of his information in the show notes at thepbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. As Steve said, it's not easy, but by changing your beliefs, it'll change your life. Your beliefs are so powerful. And while we often let them control us, when we decide to control them instead, we start believing in a much better story. Instead of a story filled with anger, grief, and living as the victim, we can turn that story into one of hope, new beginnings, strength, and empowerment. Of course, we're here to help you do that too. So if you're finding you're stuck in that place of unrelenting anger and struggle, head over to thepbtinstitute.com and let us help you create your 2.0 self. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.